Recording in progress. Hey Jason, how's the upstairs doing? It's good. It's good. It doesn't smell, so that's always positive. <laughs> does it usually smell? Sometimes it does, actually. From what? Uh, I think stink comes up through the like drains in the bathroom up here. You know? Oh, we should. I should probably pay attention more to that area upstairs. I like. <laughs> I really don't go up there. Well, you don't need to. But I did. I did shove like a. Uh, like plastic bag or something into one of the floor drains. Nobody wants to think... hear about this. <laughs> it's nice up here actually right now. I'm Katie. And I'm Jason. And together we believe in intentional dreaming for international living. We left our lives and family in small town Iowa to move overseas. And now as it becomes a reality, we want to share our adventures and our experiences along the way. Let's say that last part together. (laughs) (laughs) Episode 31. Yeah, this is a special episode. This is our Q&A of the Funk Travels podcast. Yes. Yep. And we got a bunch of questions, didn't we? Yes, and about half of them were from my dad. (laughs) Yes, he did send a long list of questions. Well, to be fair, it was probably both of them talking about like what questions they could ask us. Oh yeah, they did. They did brainstorm rather well. Yes, they did. But we also got quite a few other questions. Um, Yeah. So should we start, or should we talk about something else first? Well, let's talk about our week a little bit. How was your week? It was fine. How was yours? It was pretty good. I actually don't have grammar lessons this week. And so I thought, oh, I'm going to get so much like note copying done and some other like self-study done. And I don't think I did any of that. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out like what I did. And I don't remember what I did. Hmm. Hmm. You wrote a blog post? I did. It was about the Izmir Chocolate Festival, which we went to last week. That was really fun. And so that that usually takes a little bit of time. It does. So it does. And I I realized like I did some other things that I've been wanting to do on my list. Um like our friend Jamie came over and she worked with me a little bit on some Lightroom stuff and making sure I knew how to organize my photos and uh what was something else? I visited no, with know. a couple of new people that I've met before but haven't had time to visit with. So those were all they were all really good things. Yeah. Just, you weren't. You definitely didn't slack off this week. No, it wasn't like I like binge watched on a TV show, which I have done before in the previous weeks. So <laughs> um, this was for sure. Like I was doing other good things. I just didn't. I didn't sit down. I think that was it. I think I need to make myself sit and do things that I don't always want to sit and do. Yeah, my week was pretty normal. Um, we're still trying to finish up one of my projects for work and so i spent quite a bit of time on that but other than that it was kind of kind of a normal week except this weekend we had a going away party for some of our friends out of town and so that was that was pretty good and we rented a car for the weekend so we spent uh yes yesterday driving around town and doing things that needed to be done so that was good too yeah um it was it was really good to to like make the effort to go out there. It, we could have very easily had said, it's too far away, we're not going to go. Because um, really, you do need a car to get out there. And um, we didn't. And I'm glad that we made that effort. 
Um, yeah. So yeah, it was definitely worth it. It was. It was worth it. And we were able to run some errands with the car on Saturday. So um, it still is mostly easier to just rent a car, although sometimes yeah. we both get frustrated at different parts of not owning a car or having a car. So Yeah. It is like impossible to park around our house on Fridays and Saturday nights. It's just a it's just a nightmare. So and driving through there's I don't maybe it's like this in a lot of other countries too, but I'm pretty sure the Turkish philosophy is that if there's a place to put your car on the road where it's possible for another car to still pass by that's considered a parking spot. And so every road, even if it's like wide enough for be a two lane road, there's cars parked on both sides. And so it becomes a, like a one lane road and cars parked that makes turning intersections just really tight and everyone's double parked. And it's just, it just drives me nuts. I'm glad that we don't have a car most of the time. Okay, you say this and you talk about the parking every time. And every time I tell you, I like, remind you that our apartment does actually have a driveway for cars yeah but we can't use it but what did i say (laughs) we we would just have to talk with our neighbors about how they park their current their cars currently and it would just have to change because i understand yes so it's not like we don't have a spot and we can't we don't have anywhere to park we do have somewhere to park it's just right now because we rent a vehicle and we don't always have it and we have not been very good to say hey we're renting a car this weekend can you not park at the end of the driveway then it gets really frustrating mostly for you because you're the one that's driving right so that was a that was a week that was our weekend it's just getting really really nice here the weather's it's spring weather and the sun is out and people are out and it's just really pretty yeah so it's the weather's getting nice and soon it'll be hot it will it gets really hot here in the summer and we visited izmir in july of 2015 so this summer will be two years ago to kind of plan and decide if we wanted to move here if it was some place that we liked and it was it was hot july and august are are really warm here like up into um potentially like 100 degrees 101 degrees yeah and Mm -hmm. we were here during some of that time and we basically had to go out early in the morning take like a siesta in the afternoon (laughs) and then go back out at night which is what everyone else here does yeah um, yeah. And uh, really, a lot of people here have summer houses near the beach. And when you get closer to the beach, you just have more of a breeze. And it, everyone tends to get out of the city and relax for a little bit. So Yep, that is true. And we have air conditioning, so it'll be okay. We we Okay, we have air conditioning. We have air conditioning units, which we will see how that cools off the space that we have here. Yeah, I... Pretty much nobody here has central heating and cooling or yeah. Yeah, that's right. I think they have central heating. I think you could consider, but central cooling is not the case. People just have air conditioner units, but not, not like the ones we have in America that are like window units. These are ones that are completely inside that have like a vent going outside. Um, but everyone has those in the rooms in which they want to cool. And so we have them in like our main living room and in our bedroom. And then we have a 
a portable one that we can move to a different room. So it'll be either in my office or in a guest room or something like that. But they should do the job, I think. Yeah, hopefully that will that will help us out. The back rooms in our house, um, the ones that don't necessarily get direct sunlight all the time, are considerably cooler um, than, yeah, they, yeah, they get cold. than the front room. So we're kind of counting on uh, those rooms staying a little bit cooler than our rooms in the front. So Yeah, because they get direct sunlight, and so the right. sun is really hot. Yeah, and we didn't put, uh, they call them climas here for the air conditioning units. We didn't put one up in your office, but hopefully that portable one will be sufficient for for you um yeah whenever we'll you use it so you don't use it yeah, all I, I mean you do use that room quite a bit but um sometimes in the afternoons you go out so it'll be nice that you can just turn it off whenever you leave and not have to worry yep. about it yeah so anyway should we uh answer some questions yeah i'm excited about these questions we had some really good ones yeah we should maybe try to do this um a like more often. a little more often except like once every 30 episodes we could do it do it again sometime soon but yeah it'll be a good episode to catch people up if they're just joining in or if they've missed a few episodes this one will be a good like catch all so yeah um, yeah so where should we start yeah well so the first question i got was actually um on instagram at funk travels we got a question from our last post when i announced that we were doing a q a from agar agartia rivard um, she asked us, did, did you decide you wanted to move to Turkey or was it a job offer for that spot? So for those of you who are joining in, we talk about this in episode one where it talks about us deciding to do a podcast, a little bit about why we wanted to do a podcast, but we talk about it more in episode nine when we talk about us when we actually did our announcement about moving to Turkey and it kind of talks about the reasons about why we want to move. Um, mm-hmm. And Jason, I'll kind of let you do the job side of it. Uh, sure. Yeah. It wasn't like a job offer. Um, we didn't accept anything. My, I do software engineering, like web design or web development freelancing. And so our, my job is you could say location independent, meaning we can live from anywhere and I can still do my work. Um, and so, uh, that gave us the freedom to move wherever we wanted and the place we wanted to move was here. So, yeah. Um, in Turkey, I will say, uh, I lived here before for a couple of years. Jason lived here for six months. We both lived in Istanbul. It's where we first met each other. And mm-hmm. so, um, that's kind of how we, that's kind of how Turkey is more prominent in, uh, our decision-making is that we already knew a lot of people here. So when we were talking about where to move, we had, I mean, there's a lot of options that we could have chosen, but we already kind of knew the culture here. We knew some of the language and we had probably the biggest support base here as well. Yeah. And, and we wanted to like we, our time in Turkey in the past was really enjoyable and we knew we liked it. We liked the people, we liked the culture, we liked the food, we liked you know, you name it. And so, um, while we could have moved to another country where we liked all those things, we already knew that we liked it here. And so if we were going to like anywhere, um, we might as well move to a place that we know we already liked. So, yeah. And we had, we kind of knew the systems too. Like we kind of knew how it worked to rent an apartment. We had enough people who had lived here before that we felt confident to get suggestions from them and 
be able to ask other foreigners questions about how it works for foreigners who live in the city, that helped too. So when I mean support group, that was that was a way that we just had people to help us here and kind of bounce ideas off of and ask them like, hey, is this how it works for you? How should we go about doing this as a foreigner? And that's that's really helpful. Yeah, definitely. Cool. So next question. Um, my sister asked a great question. She said, uh, what unexpected thing did you learn about yourself or and or each other that surprised you? Hmm. I'll let you answer this one. <laughs> Why do I get to start first? Because <laughs> I don't know the answer. Uh, let's see. I think that it's funny. As much as I love to travel and go new places... Jason probably already knew this about me. I really like a home base. <laughs> um, and I think that I don't. And I think that I can just kind of survive off of living in some place for a while and then moving to the next place. But really, I do I do much better when we have a place to come back to, some place to call home, and a place yeah. to kind of inter-switch our clothes. Because we did that for like three months from the end of July, from like July 20th, to October 5th, we lived out of other people's homes, um, hotel rooms, Airbnbs, and oh, a week on a boat. So <laughs> we had, that was like three months there where we lived in other people's spaces and we lived kind of like literally like our stuff was on top of each other. And I think that was, that was kind of hard for both of us. But yeah. we also kind of realized we both really like having like our own space. Right. Not like yeah. we don't have to be apart, but like we just need our space that we can kind of we can cook at and it's our stuff that we can cook with and kind of have our own little systems. It's funny how you create systems for yourself and being right. in somebody else's home for that long. You either learn how to create systems on the road, which we we did, but um, we also realized that we just really wanted our own systems <laughs> at our own place. Yeah, you keep using like R's and we's and whatnot. And that was not something that I learned about myself. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that was something that I was already quite aware of. Um, and we had this talk. You just wanted to like, let's live here and then move here and then move here and month to month to month to month. And I was opposed to this idea. And well, I think if you know you're going to do so, it, then it's different. And that was I don't think so. Yes, I think so. There's a little bit of a difference to it. So if you mm-hmm. kind of prepare and you can you can control how that looks like whenever you are going. Like Yeah. You rent an Airbnb place for a month that is entirely yours. Like you're not living with somebody, which is what we did. And so like it can look different. It can still look like a certain type of control and it's only for a set amount of time. So anyways. Mm-hmm. I'm contradicting myself, I know. Um, One thing about me, I think I was under the impression that um, I was more capable to like be really disciplined than I actually am. And I mean this specifically about like learning the language. Um, So generally, um, and this answers one of... Uh, one of our friends Casey's questions too. He asked like how language learning is going and how many hours per week am I working or vacationing? Um, Vacationing up on the questions now. Zero. Yeah, because these kind of come together. Um, And so generally what I do is I'm like working half time. So about like 20 hours or 
25 hours a week and then trying to learn language in that other time. Well, billable and I, hours is different. Billable hours. So you could potentially yeah. be working for an hour in the morning, hour in the evening, and those not be billable hours. So right. what, just to be but clear. In it, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so the kind of the rest of the time I'm supposed to be like learning language and whatnot. And I find that if I'm not like super intentional to, to like force myself to do it, like the time just kind of slips away. And um, I think, I mean, I think that's obvious when I, when I stop and think about it, but part of me was like, of course, this is just going to be easy to do kind of on my own. And so I think that was maybe a little, I think the difficulty with which it is to, to really just like sit down and study study language um, has proved to be an unexpected thing I learned about myself. And so to answer Casey's questions about how language learning is going, it's going slowly and difficultly, but, but progress is being made. Yeah. I think you're making progress. Yeah. Slowly and difficultly. We did that to everyone. Slowly, 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 slowly. Um, I guess I could answer the language language question on my side as well. Sure. Um, and we've talked about it a little bit in a few other episodes, but it is, it is a slow process. I think I, I've been a little bit more frustrated on, um, having to re relearn bad habits of things that I thought I learned before. I didn't really learn that well. I just was just doing things like and saying things and it wasn't always correct. And so I'm having to really rehash some of the basics and I'm getting kind of frustrated. I'd rather move forward and learn some other things, but it's really good that I'm sticking on some of the basis basics, I should say. Yeah. Um, but I do need to spend more time just actually learning words and like that type of thing. Some of the repetitive nature of self-study that I don't like to do, I need to actually sit down and do. Yeah. Moving on. My sister asked another question and, um, blamed it on her um, five-year-old son. Wait, we didn't son, answer the other part nephew. of the question. And I was trying to avoid that. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. I was just moving on. Our five-year-old nephew asked, are there turkeys in Turkey and do you eat them? The answer is yes, there are turkeys in Turkey. And yes, we do eat them sometimes, but we don't eat them a lot. I would say the frequency that we eat them is the same as in the States. We eat turkey sometimes, but not a lot, but... And here too, we eat it sometimes, but not a lot. Yeah. It is more common to see uh, in the supermarkets to see like deli meat, that type of thing, which you I didn't You can buy see like a... turkey breasts and, and stuff too. Yeah. I didn't see that a lot when I lived here before the last time, but now it seems to be a growing in popularity, especially when it comes to some of the sandwich deli meat, because it seems like people are eating a, a few more sandwich type stuff. So hmm. yeah. Okay. Um, What's next? What's next? Uh, our friend Ashley uh, that we went sailing with and then also went to Prague with, her and her husband Eric. Ashley had several questions. So I thought we could intermix them with some of the questions that my parents asked. <laughs> okay. Uh, Ashley said, I wanted to know about the cost of things. I find it interesting how everyday things, for example, bread, cans of Cokes, gallons of gas, etc., cost. Yeah. So... Um, the cost of things, there are some things that are cost less than in the States and there are some things that cost more than in the States. If we're so using kind of the States as a base because they technically don't live in the States. They don't, but most of the people who listen to it do. Okay. 
Yeah. So, um, like bread, for instance, is a lot cheaper and fresher. So if you want bread, well, well, maybe this isn't true everywhere in the States, but when we would want bread, we would go to the supermarket and buy, you know, sliced bread in a bag. But here we go to the bakery and buy fresh bread and it's quite a bit cheaper. We can get like a loaf of bread, um, sliced, they'll slice it there for a lira and a lira is about 30 cents. So uh, it's quite a bit cheaper for bread. The exchange rate uh, right now is 3.6 lira to $1. Yeah. So that's one of your dad's questions, actually. Your dad asked about what currency is used and, and what is the exchange rate. And so right now it's like 3.6, 3.7. Generally, when we, we just divide things by three because it's a lot easier than dividing by 3.7 when we're trying to consider things. So really one loaf of bread is something like 27 cents instead of 33 cents. But a can of Coke, we don't, I don't, we don't really buy soda that much, but we buy um, carbonated water, which Americans tend to underestimate the value of carbonated water. We didn't um, drink it in the states very much. No, but it's awesome, <laughs> and so we can buy little bottles of it, and they're they're also like a lira, um, and so I think Coke, like a can of a can of pop, would be about about the same, right? Like a lira. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, gas is. It's like f- right now in inside of the city, like like in the States, it depends on where you are. Um, but in the city, it's about for, for diesel, for the car we just rented, it's like four lira for a liter. Um, and so... Yes, it's considerably <laughs> more expensive here. Yeah. I'm not, what is that in dollars it's per gallon? Potentially. So like four liters is in a gallon. Um, yeah. So it's like a dollar per liter. And then so, yeah, something like... Four, four or five dollars a gallon. Yeah. Something like that. And yeah. it's just, yeah, not so good. But if you think about <laughs> it, like it's really good exchange rate right now for us, not so good for others. But when it wasn't, it was like two to one. And so it was just a lot more expensive. It was more like six or seven dollars per gallon. And now it's it's considerably less. So. Yeah. Um, yep. What are some other things? So some things like technology here is super expensive. Any type of phones, iPhones, computers, TVs, any of those yeah. things. Imported electronics have quite a high like tax on them. And so that's what drives up the price. And so an iPhone is about 50% more uh, if you buy it here than, than like in the States or in Europe. Yeah, so they're pretty expensive. Uh, other things that are cheaper... Uh, produce is a lot cheaper unless it's just really hard to find here. Um, like blueberries are not a common thing here. And so or sweet potatoes, or sweet potatoes. And so those are something like 18 lira a, a kilo, which is 2.2 pounds. And so, I mean, something like $3 a pound for, for sweet potatoes. And in the States you could get, I don't know, it was like a dollar a pound. Um, yeah. Blueberries, I think there was like a little bitty carton for like 18 lira the other day that I saw. And I was just like gasping for air because that's like $6 for like this teeny tiny thing of blueberries. And in the States, I would get the blueberries all the time. I mean, Aldi had blueberries in the summer and it was just absolutely delicious. And I would get them and I'd freeze them. And so like now I'm on like a blueberry withdrawal 
but I do have strawberries, so I can't complain. I have yeah, we one. just you just bought a I just bunch bought like I just <laughs> bought like six or seven kilos of strawberries. It was so worth yeah. it. Yeah, and they were what seven lira a kilo? A kilo. Yeah, and so that's like roughly two dollars a kilo, so a dollar like a pound. pound, which yeah. is just great. It's in season yeah. right now. So when things are in season then this like fruits and veggies tend to be fairly cheap and when they're not in season then they do go up because it's unlike the states you just can't get things here all the time and so once strawberry season is done it's done and they may have strawberries but if you're going to get them they're really expensive and so right now we are like we are just anticipating cherry season to come because cherry season only comes here in the spring and into the beginning of summer and then it's done um and then grapes we have been like waiting for grapes and seedless grapes for long time and so with that that is not a winter fruit and so we have not gotten those so there's some some types of things are expensive some of them aren't i was trying to think of some other things that are just just a lot cheaper here um something that's more expensive that we've been looking for are furniture balcony furniture tends to be really expensive uh, and then we were looking for storage containers and any type of organization container storage container plastic bins are like very expensive they just tend yeah. to start at like they start for like small ones at like ten dollars and then just work their way up bernie which i guess in the yeah. states could be the same but you, there's always some super cheap place that you can find boxes or things for cheap and here we have not discovered the cheap place for plastic bins yeah some things that we really like that are pretty cheap are the cost of our cell phone bills uh, the cell phone bill is really low we pay something like twenty dollars for the both of us for a month um, and that's more data and minutes and text than we use and our internet internet connection at home is about half of what we were paying in the states for about twice the speed so yeah they get uh, you with that's the, definitely good. The actual buying the cell phone but whenever you actually have to pay for a plan it's it's not as expensive as it could be yeah um so that answers that and most of your dad's first question was about the turkish money he also asked if we had a bank account here and we do um one of the the requirements for getting a residential visa is that you have to have a, a bank account that you can like show proof of funds and kind of they didn't sometimes they look sometimes they don't but we had to get a local bank account um which is good pretty much the only thing we use it for is like paying our rent and paying our bills because they have to, you have to like transfer money between accounts and so we'll pull money out of our u.s bank and put it into our turkish bank and then pay our bills and pay our rent with it so it's really interesting here because the bank accounts here you can that one they get a much higher interest rate for just keeping money in there i think it's something like eight percent i don't know Do what it is it's just it's considerably higher than in the states and so it's yeah. worth you putting money in there so that you can acquire more money <laughs> over time um and then the second thing is it's really interesting you can actually people will give their account numbers out to other people here because they're like oh just you know put money into my account and so you can pay other people by depositing money into their, like, they actually have a line for their account number, and you can actually go to the bank, put money into an ATM, and then put it into, like, their account number that they gave you, which I think is yeah. really interesting. Yeah, I think that's the way it works in pretty much 
all, all of the, the other world countries really except america I no yeah idea. yeah they have like swift codes and iban numbers and and whatnot that make it really easy to transfer between accounts so one more thing about money um my brother texted me a question he said how are you able to travel all across europe question mark you must be loaded <laughs> <laughs> so i thought we could um talk answer about that. our budget briefly not not necessarily that but just that i think in when you're in america you have an idea about how like how travel. much travel costs mm-hmm. and like flights are really expensive and hotels are really expensive but that's just not so much the case in in europe um we can get we can get flights really cheaply um we can get like from here to germany we could get a flight for like a hundred dollars or something and so it it makes it far more possible to to travel and and budget and right now we are prioritizing it in our budget and so some things that um we would save for if we weren't traveling we're not saving for and because this is where our priorities are right now but it's also probably a lot cheaper than than most people would realize um Right. So, so in the States, just to kind of put it in perspective, um, any type of ticket from Iowa, where we lived, we got married, to my hometown in Louisiana, which is a 14-hour drive. If we wanted, it's one small town to one small town. So if I wanted to fly there, then I had to take two planes into a major city and out of a major city. And that round-trip ticket was, like, generally $400. Um Jason and I can fly from Izmir to Istanbul, and I say this because I just booked tickets. Um, we can fly round trip both of us for like a hundred dollars, and if yeah. it's yeah, that's like an average price. That Sometimes is an average price. Mm-hmm. And so, even to most other cities, uh, like we went when we went to Cappadocia, and we talked about that in um, episode twenty-seven. We flew there and back, and I think we we didn't pay much more than $100 for that either. So anywhere in country here, while it it is more expensive for, like, Turkish people here because it is in lira, for right now with the exchange rate in U.S. dollars, it's, it's actually pretty inexpensive for us to fly in and out and to fly to other countries. Um, yeah. As opposed to in the States, it's you, you kind of have to either have somebody – like the times that we traveled in the States, I had at least one plane ticket paid for by my work. Or if we went for something you needed to do, then you had it paid by your work. Yeah. So um, we yes. can find a lot of work travel. Uh, you want to pick a question now? Yeah. Uh, so one of the questions that kind of goes, kind of follows suit when we're talking about exchange rates and our budgets and things like that is... My dad asked, or my mom, one of the two, one of my parents asked, what are the advantages of living overseas versus the States? And so I'm going to slide into that one from saying that being able to travel to a lot of places, we're just closer. That's kind of one of the bigger advantages of living here um, versus living in the States. Yep, that's true. (laughs) So um, I think that we've already talked about kind of the exchange rate right now, which isn't so helpful for the locals, but for us, it's... Since we get paid in U.S. dollars, then it has been more beneficial for us to be able to do a few more things and to live a little bit easier here and, and live a little bit differently than we than if we were in the States, just just for the sheer fact of the exchange rate and that we get paid in US, USD. 
Yeah. I think another advantage is just the kind of every day is an adventure um, because we're living in a culture that's not our own in a place that we're still getting used to and meeting new people all the time. And it's just kind of a more exciting life in some ways, though our lives are, are pretty like our typical days are fairly boring. Just just being in a different country and, and whatnot kind of raises the, the adventure factor as opposed to in the states where where the culture we're swimming in is our own and so just going to the grocery store isn't an adventure but here going to the grocery store is because you never know what's going to happen so right i'd say that's an advantage too yeah that is i think um the fact that they speak another language here is i that's an advantage and a disadvantage but it also answers one of our other questions, which was, do a lot of people speak English here? There are quite a few people who speak English, but most people are comfortable with just speaking Turkish. And so we have the advantage of living in a culture that speaks a different language so that we can, we too can also learn another language. That's Yeah, I think a lot of people probably understand English more um, because... I think maybe Americans think, maybe this isn't true, we have like Hollywood and our American media and whatnot, but in a lot of ways, like that's the media of the world. Like Hollywood is international. Um, and so all the movies that play here, 90% of them are Hollywood movies. And there's maybe one or two that are like Turkish movies, but all of them are in English. And so if if especially the younger people want to interact with like culture, international culture they're going to have to pick up at least some english and a lot of them learn english in schools too but most people don't they just don't speak it day to day and most of the people that we talk to when we're just out we're speaking we're speaking turkish so yeah and to be fair a lot of the people at least in our area grow up uh, learning another language whether it's german or english or something like that they start from a pretty young age um, and so at least this next generation is going to have a second language that they're at least familiar with. And so English is, tends to be the one people pick to study quite a bit. Yeah. Um, how about we compare these two questions together? Um, another one from Ashley. Do people wear traditional dress on a regular basis? And if so, what does it look like? And then one from your dad. Why does Katie not cover her head? <laughs> yeah. Do you want to answer those? Yeah, sure. And as far as traditional dress goes, and there is like a traditional like village dress and it tends to look like, uh, we say like a Teze dress and, or at least that's what I call it. Um, they have these flowery print, like blousey pants and they're like MC Hammer pants that they wear and they tend to be bulky and they tie at the waist and so I mean they can fit anybody it's like a one size fits all pants and then um, they have some type of shirt like plain colored t-shirt that they wear or a long sleeve shirt and they end up putting a vest over it um, and that just seems to be one that the ladies wear at home when they're working and doing housework it's just easier for them um, to move around and get dirty and uh, to clean with or if they're out in the fields because there are a lot of women laborers here that collect uh, leaves from the tea fields and that type of thing and a lot of them wear those outfits too but you see them mostly in like villages or the older generation younger generation pretty much is as modern as you can get <laughs> they don't usually wear any type of traditional dress unless it's their uh, engagement party 
where they have um, their for their wedding they have like a women's kind of women's party like a bachelorette party it's called a henna a henna gadgety night which is like a the women come together and they put henna on people's hands and it's kind of this blessing but it's also just a party for women and men and that has a traditional dress to it and then uh, when it comes to wedding like they may wear some type of Turkish design or like covering their heads depending on what they believe but it's once again it's fairly modern like a white white wedding dress that type of thing Um, but as far as like traditionalness like headscarves are it's funny because they used to wear them a lot more when when it was the Ottoman Empire and before the actual Turkish Republic was founded people wore a lot more traditional things you hear about like the Ottomans wearing these fezes the turbans on their heads and the women being covered um but nowadays like when the Turkish Republic was founded Ataturk actually like outlawed women wearing headscarves at least in uh, I think public positions or university settings, and so it's just not as big of a thing. Um, it's becoming more and more of a thing where women are starting to cover more, and it's either for religious reasons or it's because their family prefers them to, or it, maybe they just feel more comfortable wearing it. But for the most part, I would say the majority of women don't wear them, and if they wear them in mm-hmm. the village, it's not in this like closed sense that you think it might just be to hold their hair back. Um, and so you can still see their neck and that type of thing. Women wear them in so different, like so many different ways. It just depends on what they want to wear and how they want to wear it. Um, but for foreigners, don't wear them, and they're not—they're not expected to. And if they did wear them, then people would think that they uh, follow like Muslim beliefs. And so, because I'm—I'm I'm not a Muslim, and because I don't follow those beliefs, then if I were to wear it, then I think. It would miss, it, how, how would I say? It portrays the wrong image. Like mm-hmm. It portrays something that isn't true about myself. Um, and me not wearing it isn't disrespectful. And so I don't have to wear it. Now, when I lived in um, Afghanistan in a different country, that was different. Um, that's a, it tends to be all women wear them there and it's a modesty thing and I did cover my head whenever I lived there because it was a sign of respect it wasn't that they thought I was um I had the same beliefs it was more everyone wears it because that is what you do and so to not wear it would be very disrespectful of their culture not necessarily their religion but um here that's not that's not the case like most of my Turkish friends don't cover their hair um, or their heads. And so for me to cover, it would be really odd. <laughs> so yep. we just don't have to do that here. And I will say we do live in probably the most liberal city in Turkey. And so it definitely is is a different, people wear different things here than they do out in the villages or the smaller cities around Turkey. Right. And I think like it's different. If we go into a mosque here, if we go to visit, or even in Istanbul, when we go and visit uh, the Blue Mosque, there they do ask the women to go in dressed modestly, and they provide headscarves and even like they even provide like pieces of cloth so that they can cover their legs if they're wearing shorts, or cover their shoulders if they're wearing sleeveless um, t-shirts or something. And so we went to Cyprus and we visited a mosque on the northern side of Cyprus and 
I used a scarf and I covered my head as a sign of as a sign of respect as I went in, and but that was different because it there's something they've asked us to do. Um, if foreigners go in to view their place of worship, then they want you to cover. And here, that's people do it when they go into a mosque as well, even if they don't do it outside whenever they're just walking on the street. Yep. Does that okay. answer it? Yep. <laughs> that's more than that's we needed. No, that's perfect. Um, but as far as like, I think traditional, traditional dress, they do have, it's in America, they have these stands where you can go and you can take pictures like, like you're the Wild West people, like a cowboy or something. And here you can do the exact same thing. And so you can dress up as like a sultan or like maybe one of the women. Like, Yeah, think like Aladdin. Yeah, kind of actually. Yeah. Kind of like Aladdin in the old time in Ottoman Empire with sultans and like his beautiful mistresses. And um, yeah. that's what you can dress up as. But nobody wears that anymore. So. Nope. The only other thing I would think about traditional dress is the... Sunni is it the Sunni religion or the Sunni sect of Islam have the whirling dervishes and the whirling dervishes actually have kind of a set outfit that they wear whenever they they kind of do this twirling motion as a sign of kind of a form of worship to God and like they wear a certain outfit as they do this it's kind of like this dress that flows out. Yeah, but it's like a ceremonial thing. It is it's kind of not. a ceremonial thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just everyday dress. No. Nope. Okay. Uh, so I think we'll leave you with that now. Uh, we've got quite a few more questions. And since we've kind of hit our preferred time limit, we're going to do a part two of these Q&As. So if you have more questions, you should send them our way. Yeah, that sounds good. And you can do that, as always, at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash funktravels. You can do that on Instagram at funktravels or on our website, funktravels.com. And we will see you next week. For more Q&A. Awesome.